Hey guys, I'm Caleb. And I'm Keith. And you are listening or watching Gunday Brunch. And today we are talking about hipster ass guns that we love. And by hipster, I don't mean like, you know, hipster, hipster, but uh, as Keith it was, and I were just talking about before I hit record, everybody these days is on Glocks, SIGs, and AR 15s. But there's a lot of other guns out there, right? There are a lot of other guns out there. And uh, gratuitous uh, post of our sponsors here for a quick second, because I have to do that. They pay us. Uh, quick shout out to Aero Precision, Rocky Brass, and DeSantis Gunhide for making our hipster gun talk possible. And we promise we're not just talking about CZs, guys, although CZs yeah. are. <laughs> yeah, but CZs aren't even really that hipster because DASA has made a big comeback thanks mostly to Ernest Langdon and him reminding everybody that the Beretta is the greatest service handgun ever invented, far better than the 1911. <clears throat> uh, if you'd like oh, to send me email, it's caleb.gettings I felt a disturbance in that boomer force right there. <laughs> I mean, it is better, but back to the original point is that Glocks are great. SIGs are, well, we want SIG to sponsor us at some point, right? So SIGs are fine. Um, I have. I, I, I happen to like SIGs. I'm wearing a 229 right now. So Okay, like, no. Oh, I P Series SIGs are great. I will exactly. never, ever talk crap about the P Series SIGs. I love them. Uh, the, the, this is a true story. The I used to, you know, be one of those people who did the annual April Fool's prank. And the greatest April Fool's prank I ever did uh, was a million years ago, I wrote a post, and it was uh, called SIG Discontinues Production of All Guns But the P-Series. And it was written like a press release, which was funny because at the time, uh, SIG's PR agency, their PR manager was a really good friend of mine. And I copied the format of their press releases and tried to copy the toad and all of that. And the first two paragraphs looked legit, right? Like Sig Sauer announces at this time that they are discontinuing production of all non-P uh, series handguns to focus on the lines that made them great or whatever. And then like two thirds of the way in, there was a line that said Sig CEO Ron Cohen personally took CN naughty CNC machines that were making rainbow plate P238s offline, scolded them for being bad, and had them recommissioned to make P229s, right? <laughs> There's your line. There's you your line. Nailed it right there. <laughs> so anyway, oh. I forgot that people don't really read. And this post had been up for about three hours, and my phone rings, and it's SIG's PR manager, and he goes, hey, People are calling SIG's headquarters in New Hampshire, asking them why they're discontinuing guns. Can you put like a big, this is a joke at the top of this post for me, please? Because now SIG is calling me and I don't want them to call me. And I was like, yeah, my bad, homie. Um, Hold on, satire. Unfortunately, in firearms journalism, we, we sometimes have to do that. We have to give the big satire disclaimer, which sometimes ruins the joke a little bit, but yeah. it also keeps people from panicking. <laughs> oh my God. I, well, and that was that one moment where like, I'm, I was definitely drunk on my own power too. Uh, in that moment, I was like, I can do anything. <laughs> the world is 
mine. Bow down, peons. Your information comes from me. <laughs> that was, I mean, that was pretty, that, that was a lot of fun. But um, speaking of gun, you know, hipster guns uh, and all of that. So like as a perfect example, right? Like everybody loves AR-15s. I don't. But I also don't love what you love instead of AR-15s. That's that's true. I am one of those weird, you know, should probably be put on strange lists bullpup fanatics in that I like the IWI X95. And I really, really do like that firearm. It's tremendous in its role. It's It's very reliable. And everybody I run into who hates the thing has a silly reason for hating it. And when I hear the silly reason for hating it, I could take that silly reason and, uh, and apply it to the AR or the AK for the AK bros or the AR bros who hate on the other one just to this unnecessary level. Because you could even say the AK is kind of a hipster rifle in some instances because it's old. It has an older ejection system. It's got an older charging system uh, dating back all the way transitioning from the Mosin Nagant. So you could knock on the AK for being out of date. You could knock on the AR for being a direct gas gun and people knock on the bullpups for being backwards. Uh, but I went into bullpups not knowing if I'd like bullpups or not. And I went into the, the uh, P220 series, the P22 series with SIG the same way. I didn't know if I was gonna like it. I happened to buy a P226 because I needed a gun. I didn't, I didn't need a P226. I needed a gun because I had two rental guns back at the time years ago that had just broken after absurd round counts. Both of their slides cracked. They were Glocks. It was a 19 and a 17. They had absurd six-figure round counts on them, and yeah, they finally cool, gave it the ghost. Yeah, it was really good. But I needed at least one gun to replace these, and the one I ordered hadn't come in yet, so I bought a P226, not knowing if I'd like it at all. And I went into the uh, Tabor series bullpup and the X and then the X95 after it the same way. I had no idea if I was going to like it. I just thought the concept was neat. And uh, I ended up training with IWI through every single course that they offer on the X95 and the uh, Tabor before I ended up owning uh, a second X95 for Tabor. And so what you're saying is once you spend countless hours training with it, it's a good gun. Once you spend countless hours training with it and learning it, it's a good gun. It's almost like people who spend a lot of hours on the AR-15 because it was their service weapon and then pick up a different weapon and they don't like it because it's different might not have the most valid of opinions on it. I don't disagree with you on that uh, because I actually I don't know if this is common knowledge. Uh, it's probably common knowledge about me that I very rarely talk about rifles because in general, rifles are fucking boring uh to me Uh, you know i I know like somebody out there who shoots nrl just like the hair on the back of her neck start up and she's (laughs) but rifles are unless you're doing spicy yeah exactly uh (laughs) I, i will say long distance shooting with rifles is very interesting because that's like weaponized math and that's actually kind of cool but I never thought I would say math is cool. What's happened to me? Anyway, but like, so I don't hate on, okay, there are some bullpups that I hate on. I absolutely hate on the FS2000 because that thing was a sack of crap. Um, 
You can't yeah, tell me I'm wrong. That, the FS2000 is not a good that gun. Tom Clancy Splinter Cell, though, man. <laughs> Here's the Tom funny Clancy thing: there Splinter are Cell. actually so I I don't have I don't have enough experience with the Tavor to have a really strong opinion about it one way or the other. It's just whenever I look, my problem with the, with bullpups and it is generally why? Because if you're trying to buy a rifle and you just want an rifle for home defense or for competition or whatever, you are probably better off buying an AR-15 because blah, 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 accessories, blah, 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 product support, blah, 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 all of that. I I will agree with you in every sense of that, in every Mm -hmm. sense of that. You are looking for a utility platform. And even IWI, the people who make the X95, also agree with you because they started building AR-15s. Right, they're like, it's it's just that good. It's that good of a utility rifle that if you are looking for a utility rifle and don't have a more specialized need for it, then that's probably what you should buy just because it's that good of a utility rifle. So if you're looking for something with a specific niche because you have a very specific job to do and one of your primary concerns is space, so you're thinking of operating inside a vehicle or operating inside houses where you know you're going to be running into space limited situations. That's when you looking looking at the advantages of something like the Tabor, the X95 platform start to make more sense because you're putting extra criteria on not just utility rifle. And yeah, mm-hmm. I've, I've cleared, I've I trained to cleared houses with the M16A4. That's a big bastard to clear a house with, but you can do it. It's 40 inches freaking long. You can do it. You can short stock it where you put the fixed stock over and you like sight down the side rail at a 45 degree angle and you're shooting at a target 10 feet away. It does work. It's sub-ideal, but it does work. But then you do that same thing with a rifle that's 23 inches long that still delivers all the ballistics that your M4 does. And you're like, oh, okay, now I get it. Yeah, I will say in recent years, the argument that's been most likely to convert me on the bullpup idea is that you have all of the benefits of an SBR in terms of compactness, in terms of size, without the drawbacks of an SBR like increased noise, increased muzzle flash, loss of terminal ballistics, having to beg the ATF for permission to own it, you know, all of those things. So that's that has been the argument that has taken me from like bullpups are stupid into I am interested in this gun for a specific sort of for the specific performance attributes that it brings me in this window that I want these performance attributes so I guess I mean I I don't know if I'm like I'm not convinced uh and also part of that is because I don't it 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 comes back to my fundamental problem with rifles where I find them boring like I'm not I'm not curious enough about bullpups to go out and spend the time and money necessary to decide whether or not I like them now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where Which, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a high-end, I, I love rifle tech. So where you are really into revolver tech, which we'll talk about here in a second, uh, because it's sec- that this is actually a good segue. I'm heavily into rifle tech. I love figuring out how all these rifles work. I have since I enlisted back in 2007. And I finally figured out that the uh, the M16 gas operated it didn't actually mean fuel of some sort. That was something I believed at one point in time. I'm like, I don't gas operated. The only gas I know is gasoline. 
um, where do I put the gas guess, in it? Yeah, I say, and then and then they go through it, and it's oh no, it's literally gas. It's a it's a hydraulic piston essentially, just with the gas coming from the round. And I'm like, oh, that makes way more sense than uh, 87 ethanol fuel. <laughs> Oh, oh, okay. oh, 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 yeah. So dumb things that I thought once upon a time, but yeah, going back to the bullpup, bullpup is very niche. And if you require that niche, it's very, very good at it. And segueing from this into a firearm platform that you do like, revolvers have very useful niches too, but people tend to detract on them because, man, why would I carry, you know, a three and a half inch or a four inch revolver? Uh, a 357 Magnum with five or six shots in it, when if I'm willing to take that weight, I'm willing to take that frame size, I can get something with 15 or 17 rounds of nine millimeter in it. But, and I will say to that point, if you're looking at the choice between like a three inch K frame in model 19 or a Glock 19, 99.9% .9 of the planet is better served with the Glock 19, just like most people are better served with an AR-15 than, you know, something like uh, uh, an X-95 or, you know, I sold an AR and I bought a bolt gun, for example. But the idea behind the revolver thing and is there are these areas where revolvers do a thing that they do better than any other thing out there. And I, I carry a revolver as my, as my regular daily carry gun. I carry a three-inch 10 millimeter GP100. That is a bit of an affectation. And I'll be fully honest about that because there's nothing that I can't, that I can do with that specific gun that I couldn't do better with say a Glock 19 with the exception of shoot a bear because I can't put 10 millimeter in a Glock 19, but I digress 10 millimeter, best millimeter. Anyway. Um, but we're revolving one whole, extra, one whole extra millimeter, but many more, extra. but yeah, but it's we, more we need to start calling way. it the centimeter. We're we're this, going through that. It's the centimeter. Yes. Um, <laughs> but one of the things, and when you're talking about that niche and you're talking about these performance envelopes, you know the uh, Daryl Bolke had a great piece recently called the fire extinguisher gun, which expands on this idea, and it's something he and I have talked about. Of the revolver is almost the perfect gun for the person that's never going to go to the range and is never going to get any training, and they just want an gun. They want a gun the same way they want a fire extinguisher, where if their house is on fire, they pull, or the kitchen's on fire, they pull out the fire extinguisher, pull the pin and go whoosh. Or if somebody kicks down the door at 2 a.m., they grab it, they point it, and they go, Arr! and then they can very easily identify whether or not it's loaded or unloaded. And revolvers really are perfect in that niche because it's extremely easy to load. It is extremely easy to verify if it's loaded or unloaded. It's easy to unload. And most importantly to me, it is difficult to negligently discharge once it is loaded, thanks to the fact that most factory revolvers have a plus 12 to 14 pound trigger. So your 57 year old man who just went out and bought a gun because he's worried about, you know, uh, bird, he's, because he's worried about, uh, that was the example I had in my head was going to hit too close to home for some people. So the 57 year old man who just bought a gun because he's worried about protesters in his upper middle class cul-de-sac, um, mm -hmm. 
he's probably <laughs> that revolver is a good idea because when he grabs it in the middle of the night and instinctively places his finger on the trigger, the odds of him unintentionally making a loud noise with it are much, much lower than if it was a Glock 19 or you know, an AR-15 with a round in the chamber and the safety off because he doesn't know how to work the safety or any of those other reasons. Not, I think that's not that we want to, not that we want to say, well, you know, a, a re reinforcing failure without a negative result is what we want to go with. No. But let's face facts here. We're, we're playing to the whole mass here. And, and it comes down to that. And that's another reason that I tend to like double action, single action pistols like the Beretta 92 and like the SIG P22X series, the whole, the six, the nine, the eight, the, the 220 that whole thing is because when when you give it to that person who is probably going to make more mistakes the the likelihood that the negative outcome happens is lower and the revolver is very very good at that the the flip side of that argument people tend to say is like well what if it's an elderly person who doesn't have the hand strength or or the the wherewithal to actually work that trigger and that's when you have to get into that flip side of trusting the consumer enough to make that choice and realize and and then trusting the industry enough to to help them out and say look we have to make sure that you can actually operate this gun because it is an easy one to check it is an easy one to work and as long as you do have the wherewithal to work the operating bits it's going to be a gun that can work for you even if you don't shoot it a lot it is it, that fire extinguisher example is excellent in that regard, but it's one of those that you would have to check yourself and like, okay, if you don't have the hand strength uh, for a double action J frame or a double action K frame, is there's no size limitation on a house gun, really. So if you don't have the hand strength for that, well, then we're looking at maybe a 22 with a thumb safety or or right. some other variation that fits this user's specific need. Because what, what I find, and this is one of the things that the hipster guns get into, is what I find is people like to paint with the broad brush, mm. and then they like to pick a specific example that negates the broad stroke. It's like, all right, broad stroke, everybody should have a Glock 19 or a Sig P320 and an AR-15. When we get into the narrow examples, it's like, oh no, here are all these various different things uh, these various different situations in which the AR-15 isn't the right gun or the pump action 12 gauge isn't the right gun or the Glock or the SIG isn't the right gun. Where yeah. the revolver is the right gun or the bullpup, the X-95 is the right gun or you know, name, name another quirky or, or a bolt action, a long range gun is the right gun because the AR-15 can't do it. There are all these niche examples and what you when you start getting into your very specific reason you own this gun the reason that this gun exists in your inventory that you can as long as you did it smart you can justify anything you want yeah absolutely pause one second i do enjoy being able to come back and edit these it's one of the advantages of not doing this live that's that's one of the reasons that as soon as we started setting this up and we were going to record it i was like Oh, thank God. <laughs> like, it, eventually we might be able to do this live and eventually we might have the script and, and uh, wherewithal in our brain housing groups here to do this live, but I, I can't fucking do it. No, live. I live, have to I've, do edits. 
I've done a ton of live shit and it's a nightmare. All right. And I'm gonna, we'll be back in, in three, two, one. So one of the things I also like about revolvers and, and, and to, to, the, to that specific example, revolvers shine when you're dealing with specific examples. You just like you know, the bullpup shines when you're dealing with specific use cases and specific examples. That broad brush that we like to paint with, it exists and it works because most people fall into that category. Most use cases fall into categories that are covered by those broad brushes. Um, and you did sort of touch on one of my pet peeves where, you know, you have like the arthritic granny who can't pull a DA trigger and can't manipulate the slide on a gun. And my, my challenging answer to that, that will maybe get me canceled is, is a gun really the best fucking thing for her? But that's, a completely different conversation that I think sometimes we struggle with. Did you just challenge her Second Amendment right? No, if she wants to buy it, she's right. Yeah, and that's a complete, we could do a whole episode on, do you really need a gun for this? But I don't want to lose all of our sponsors in the first two months. So... But but back to the back to the niche and back to that that idea is you know you get and this is a concept I've talked about a lot where with certain types of guns certain guns you end almost end up with a utility curve where for revolvers especially they're very very useful to the extremely unskilled user who has no intention of getting more skill and then as you get more intent and you get more skill they become less and less and less useful and again if you guys are listening to the audio version of this you can't see the u-shape that i'm drawing there i have a video that's called uh our revolvers relevant for concealed carry you can search that out it'll pop up where i talk about this in great depth but down here at the bottom of the u you're a fairly skilled shooter and at this point revolvers have lost most of their utility to you because they are more difficult to shoot well they're slower to reload they're not going to get you cool guy instagram points so down here they're not that useful and then as you start to become more skillful you suddenly discover all of the neat things the very neat niche things that revolvers are great at like entangled gunfights extreme accuracy at intermediate distances um the fact that revolvers are much more tolerant of neglect than abuse is a perfect example. You know, I I, I talked to Daryl Bulky a lot about wheel guns. One of the things that he noted in his many the many police shootings that he was involved with or uh, it, or around during his time in Southern California was that when they had revolvers, there would there was never a shooting that they had where the gun didn't fire where all of the rounds in the gun that it needed to fire weren't fired to so basically if the shooting needed three rounds they got through three rounds if it needed six rounds the gun always got through the six rounds when they switched over to semi-automatics that wasn't true anymore and they had shootings where the guns would go down after five or ten rounds it wasn't an inherent fault with the guns but revolvers are very are very very comfortable to being fired with compromised grips from compromised firing positions, you know, all of the little wonky things that can happen when you're really fighting somebody, revolvers are less susceptible to those than semi-automatic pistols, which again, probably doesn't outweigh the benefits of having 17 plus rounds and being able to reload it 1.5 seconds if you know what you're doing. But in those niche performance areas, revolvers tend to shine over semi-automatic pistols. But we're talking about niches here. We're talking about things that probably aren't going to matter 
to the vast majority of the gun owning and carry population. But if you're like me, they do matter. And especially within one area where the revolver really kills is um, uh, concealed carry in non-permissive environments in places where there are high social consequences if you're caught with carrying a gun, for example. Yeah, and that's, and that's one of those situations where if you start getting down in the semi-automatics that have the same profile, you've lost a lot of the benefits that people don't ascribe to semi-automatics that they have. One of the biggest things that semi-automatics have when you're carrying them is if you're carrying a mid-size or a full-size gun, you've got that capacity. If you're carrying a mid-size or full-size gun, you also have the frame that gives you all those shooting benefits where it's mm -hmm. easy to shoot, it's easy to reload. All the controls are in a place where you can work with them very easily. Uh, if you go to what is affectionately sometimes called senorita pistols, where they're very small, uh, you lose capacity. Your capacity starts dropping way back to revolver area. All your controls get smaller. All your springs get higher tension, higher uh, control weight around it. You lose control surfaces and you lose mass for controlling recoil. Uh, mm -hmm. The J frame, the J frame. So like a, a five shot 357 is a five shot 357. If you have the super light one, it is a spicy guy. If you like uh, the 340 is a spicy gun. If you put 357s in it. Yeah, hard pass. It, um, it's, uh, but you, you know exactly what you're getting. It's not a surprise. And if you've shot it, you know, a couple of cylinders through it, you know what you've got, you know what you're getting, you know how it's going to operate. Whereas if you are someone like me who normally carries a 229, if I go from a 229 down to a little 320 or a little single stack nine like a shield, there's a noticeable difference in what I can do between those two pistols. Oh, yeah, there's, sure. There's a notable difference in how I shoot. I, I basically have to rewarm up with the other gun and realize it's a, it's a very different recoil pattern because I've changed masses and I've changed control locations. Whereas, you know, again, the J frame's the J frame. If, or if you're uh, carrying a Kimber K6, or if you're carrying a GP100, or if you're carrying this nice, moderately sized and just exquisitely profiled, really, revolvers have this wonderful profile for carry because they lose a lot of the bulk that the semi-automatic has because of where they store their ammo. And so it, may, it makes it that non-permissive carry pistol. It's very discreet. It's very comfortable. And if you have a clue of what you're doing with it, it's probably more than you're going to need. So mm -hmm. you are covered. You, you brought a gun to the possible gunfight. You're ahead of a lot of the curve there already. People, people win gunfights with guns that they shouldn't win gunfights with all the time. And, Very true. And, the crit, and the critical thing was they showed up ready to use it. It didn't matter what type of goofy 22 or little, you know, NAA Derringer or whatever whatever they brought to it, they brought something and were willing to use it. And that was enough of an edge to reach the positive outcome. Could they have done it better? Sure. We can, we can, you know, Monday morning quarterback, all these events all the time. There are people dedicated to doing that, uh, looking at and taking apart these different uh, scenarios. And sure, we all always should take a lessons learned from it, but we also can't deny that showing up with something that you can use is drastically increased your your chances of a positive outcome yeah having a having 
you could watch a million hours of fights on YouTube and read every, uh, uh, every, every what did the, they used to call it, American Rifleman, uh, like the Armed Citizen or something. They had that yeah. in the front page. Uh, and you could read every single one of those ever published and all of Masada Ayub's hot washes from Handgunner back in the day. And if you, the only 100% conclusion that I'm willing to draw from all of that is if you show up with a gun and the will and knowledge to use it, your chances of winning increase dramatically. Um, so, you know, with that being said, obviously don't carry 22 NAA Derringers because they're terrible, but um, they, I should but, that. They are fantastic and they are lovely pieces of engineering, especially engineering on the micro scale to get those guns to do what they do at that size. They're really, really cool. Um, I would never recommend one of those for carry. I would never carry one. I carry a 22 Magnum. It's just a J frame because I get more bullets than in a 38 and there's no recoil. So that would be. And to close out my portion of this, to bring it back to hipster guns, that is my most hipster gun. The Smith & Wesson 351 PD, which is a scandium frame, titanium cylinder, J-frame, and 22 Magnum. It does not get much more hipster than that. And that nope. gun has lived in a whole... That, that, I've carried that gun between that, a GP100, and a Ruger LCR. I carried nothing but those three guns for a year when I was perfectly fine right and uh on that note we we already know what mine is but mine was uh especially hipster i not only got the tabor x95 but i waited for the factory short barreled rifle variant of the tabor x95 because that was the 13 inch israeli you know issue standard it's not the israeli gun exactly but it was the israeli size and the fact that it was 23 inches long had a 13 inch barrel so you were getting good ballistics and the fact that I had used this in some in some CQ CQB type shooting, some individual, some solo shoot house type shooting, and just how easy it was to move inside my house, I'm like, I need that for my freaking house rifle. I'm not I'm not clearing it with an M16 anymore. This is no. way easier. So I waited almost two years between the NFA processing time. And it just getting cleared from the first run built by IWI. So I waited two years for my hipster SBR. Okay, that's just so that's I could have my bullpup. Pretty that hipster. That is dedication. I remember uh, my story with the 351 PD is similar. I found out that this gun existed in like 2008, and Smith and Wesson makes a limited number of them every couple of years. They don't even make them every year. Uh, and I waited and waited and I came back from a deployment and I, no, it was right before I left for the deployment. I was like, they popped up on grab a gun and I was like, and now I have this and it will never leave. And that, I think that does it for this week. I think that does it. Awesome. Well, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, make sure that you subscribe on YouTube. Uh, if we can ever get Apple Podcasts to net connect to work, hopefully you're listening to this and I've resolved those technical issues with Podcast Connect. And if so, thank you for listening. Uh, if you're listening on Spotify, that's awesome because I think Spotify is the future. I will see you guys next week. See ya.